Welcome to All The Things, a podcast for moms seeking an inspired life. Hi, I'm your host, Lisa Chin. I am a writer and a coach, and my most passionate truth is that the world needs the real you. That's why I created this podcast, to discover all the things that make us who we are, because the better we understand ourselves, the more good we can do in the world. So let's do that together. Hi, welcome to today's episode with Jean Minio. Jean is an executive director of the Local Cultural Alliance in the town that we both live in. Um, and she's working to build a performing arts center at the former Medfield State Hospital. Jean has spent her career managing other nonprofit arts organizations, including the Boston Sculptors Gallery, JP Open Studios, the New Art Center in Newton, and as a public art consultant for the city of Boston. And before I get started and we get started, I first wanted to acknowledge that both of us are speaking and and living on the unceded and traditional territories of the Wampanoag and Massachusetts tribes. And this is actually a, a consideration and an, an acknowledgement that Jean, I know, brings into her work um, as consciously as we all can. Um, and so I, I'm looking forward to having that as part of this conversation. But this win acknowledgement is an, an acknowledgement of the fact that we are living and working and creating and embedded into systems of social and cultural injustices and inequities. And so Jean, thank you for being here, being part of this conversation. Um, I'd love for you to share, um, you know, I, I know that this, what I just shared in an Atlantic acknowledgement is actually something that um, you are bringing into your work as well. Um, and maybe before I even dive into that, because I feel like I just want to get into it. Um, I'd love for you to give, give you a chance to um, add anything else about yourself that um, you'd like to share with the audience. Well, thank you, Lisa. And thanks for hosting me this morning and for these conversations, which are just really fun, but important to have within a community. And so I'm grateful to, to have it with you this morning. Yeah, in terms of the, the you know, the land acknowledgement too, um, we have started to work with representatives or partners from the tribes, and I wanted to add to your acknowledgement to include the Nipmuc people, which this this is their ancestral land as well, and um, it's been really helpful to have conversations with them on an ongoing basis and really uh, trying to think very differently in terms of how we might structure, organize, plan for a cultural center and what that means to different communities and how, how, how to really structure it differently so that we don't have to do things the way they've always been done. And so we're really in the very beginning exploratory relationship building stages. Again, it's all about conversations and relationships, which is what you're up to too, which um, is just really exciting to me. So thanks again for the opportunity. Sure. And thank you for acknowledging the Nipmuc people as well. I wasn't aware of that. And this is kind of the, the art and the 
And this is part of the work, right? We are indeed learning new things every day and adding that to our knowledge base and into our practices. And there will be mistakes along the way. Um, but, you know, it's interesting because you and I kind of met each other virtually first. Um, yeah. Although we're probably like two miles from each other, or maybe even less. Um, We met each other first virtually and kind of in a time where, where there was a lot of social unrest, and there still is, I mean, but um, it was very heightened, right after George Floyd's murder. And the, it's like, it's so, I don't want to say it's so good that this is part of the conversation, right? Because it's like the whole the whole reason we have this conversation is not good uh, about the about the native people who were on this land. But it is it is really necessary to have this conversation and and all those conversations, right? Absolutely. You know, and we we in a town like Medfield that is so steeped in its own history um you know it it's it's been a fairly one-sided conversation or a one-sided story that we tell ourselves about this history and um i would you know in my own sort of self-exploration and education on this it's there's a whole other um level of conversation detail and education that, that needs to happen and you know, it really is up to us to do this homework um, and share some of those resources and learning about the native's perspective. And, you know, I think even I've been guilty of, of um, not understanding or appreciating that those people, this culture, it still exists. They are still here. And I think we've, we haven't taken that into account enough. And, um, you know, this is a this is a moment to revisit that thinking and these stories and educate ourselves and incorporate and just really think very differently, not only about our history, but about our future. Mm. Being in such a small community, how do you see change happening? Do you see that through the arts? Mm. I do. (laughs) Uh, I do. And, you know, I think the arts, uh, in a couple of ways, the arts are a place where people can have these shared experiences. Um, And you could be on opposite sides of the political conversation and debate, but you can love the same band. You know, it's like there's a superficial level of entry point and of community building and and share these shared experiences that I think can be so important. And then I think the arts are also to go deeper, you know, kind of uniquely qualified to tell stories um, in so many different ways that could be accessible to people, whether it's spoken word or straight storytelling or through music or dance or cultural traditions or heritage or food in particular, you know, these are ways for people to gather. And I think when you are building these relationships, 
it's harder to be anonymous and be and be angry all the time in some ways you know it's it's a way to um open open our perspectives open our thinking um Mm. and it isn't it isn't as it's harder to be confrontational i think right so very much agree and i think we had a very similar conversation too last time we met the when you you actually said superficial entry point and i would hardcore disagree with you on that. (laughs) Please do. (laughs) Because it's, I actually don't know of a, I I see that shared experience of going of the arts Mm. as, as wide open as someone can be. Mm. Arts wide open, barriers down, you are in the moment Mm. and you are, and it's, it's for sure an entry point, but I don't think it's superficial. I guess what I meant by that is, you know, if you're, if you're at a performance to enjoy, just to be in the moment and enjoy the music, that's a, that is a certainly a, a valid experience that, and an opportunity to build relationships, but it doesn't take you necessarily deeper to a place of understanding or a, of a maybe exploring different perspectives or of uh perhaps an educational opportunity that that's all but i but i agree with you i i think the there's huge and tremendous value in the shared experience in and of itself Mm -hmm. it's a starting point i think it's starting point and then if you're talking about community building i mean there's like this connection to the arts which is one part of the conversation where you can expose people to new experiences, new perspectives, new stories, but then there's actually, so that's like, I'm, I'm moving my hands, you know, forward, but then there's actually the side by side in that shared experience. And those relationships actually can very much be forged or at least not forged, but like foundation can be laid because of that shared interest or shared experience with observing that other thing. And then so three more. Yes, exactly right, Lisa. You're spot on. And you're more, more articulate than I am. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> no, I well, I'm I'm I am a, I'm a responder. So I, I take other people's information and I kind of will put it in my own words to kind of understand what they're saying. So with that said, what you know, you're undertaking this really big project. Mm. I mean, we kind of walk the grounds of the state hospital, the former state hospital, and it is, there's a lot to it. Yeah. Can you share with the listener what it is that you're embarking on? Sure. The property is so spectacular and the land around it is so significant in its and its beauty and its potential um, that we're kind of, we're thinking about a lot more than, than what we currently sort of have control over, which is the 99 year lease on two buildings, the chapel in the center and the building next to it. And as a starting point, that will be a performing arts center. So a chapel, you can imagine this big um, volume of space which would be spectacular. And by performances, we're not limiting it to music per se, but imagine it being a place for lectures or movies or, or uh, yes, for concerts, but also theater, perhaps dance, um, a whole range of, of performing arts opportunities. 
And then the building next to it could house 17 classrooms. And by connecting the two, it would allow us to sort of support or provide an arc of support, if you will, for an artist from where they're just starting out and learning to where professionals are presenting. And when you, you have this sort of cross-pollination between those two, um, that's, that's where some magic happens. And the idea for the, the bigger vision, if you will, is additional buildings and spaces that would allow us to do the same thing for visual arts and culinary arts. And then have those three in close proximity to each other is where you, know, you, you are building an infrastructure for collaboration and some really exciting things that we can't imagine yet that are gonna happen, but you know, will because of the proximity. And then with the land around it, there's opportunities to engage with uh, the land in terms of agriculture, perhaps, that would support the culinary arts. Again, the farm to table kind of idea of, of support and, and incubating small businesses uh, in that field. But also there's tremendous opportunity for outdoor recreation, um, given the proximity to the Charles River, uh, for boating and, and kayaking, but also the trail system that's there in the Bay Circuit Trail, which is, I think, something like 200 miles of, of trails connecting the North Shore to the South Shore, goes through the south side of the property. There's other trails that connect to, I think, 17 towns around us. So thinking about the arts and recreation and nature and how, and asking sort of the question about how do all of these or how might all of these together support wellness in a community in a region, quite frankly, it's much bigger than sort of a, a, a local, um, you know, concept. Uh, so thinking about all of those together is, is that bigger vision you were, you were mentioning. Yeah. Like I said before, Jean and I toured the state grounds and my breath was taken away multiple times. I mean, <laughs> seeing the Performing Arts Center or, you know, what will be in that space and with my, with my, my very amateur background in theater, but having had those shared experiences um, and had, having shared them with a lot of people in college and in high school, it was, you know, I can just feel <laughs> the connection and the impact that that space could have. Um, and then seeing the outdoors. You mentioned a lot of mm. things. I mean, <laughs> and it, it seems like a lot. I mean, how, but this is all under this umbrella of art and culture. Yep. How would you describe art and, and or culture, which take your pick if you want to describe both or not, but, um, but would you describe, I mean, this is, a, I think, a cultural center. And how does this all kind of fit into that definition of what you would deem that? Mm. Well, I mean, on sort of simple terms, a lot of cultures are have a strong focus or, or centrality around certain foods. Um, and you can imagine, you can imagine that as an expression of culture and Shared meals is an opportunity, again, going back to the relationship building. Um, but you can also think about cultural expression through 
dance, through performance, through some kinds of musical traditions. And I, and so I think it isn't limited to any one kind of thing. And this all started maybe so seven or eight years ago when we were convening different cultural groups, thinking about the needs of the area, the needs of our community and the, there seemed to be a need for more programming. Um, and the Cultural Alliance really evolved out of that. But around the table, when we were talking about culture, was the Historic Society, the Vine Lake Preservation Trust that works on offerings in the cemetery, the Peak House, um, our Garden Club, our library. These are all that I consider you know, cultural anchors in our community. So I don't think of culture strictly as drawing, painting, you know, classical music, for example. It's all of these things that help define who we are. And so that that's also sort of informing and driving this bigger vision besides, you know, the cut and dry market analysis that says there's a demand for it. <laughs> <laughs> But that is because there's a need for expression and a need for exploration, right? And there isn't that opportunity here. It's not some like superficial made up need. Like people have, like I have an intense need to create. I will stay up until three o'clock every night creating <laughs> because if I don't, I will not be myself. Yeah. Yeah. You kind of mentioned bringing in various cultures. I think what's really, I didn't know anything about Medfield before I moved here. And I know you've been here for a, a bit longer than I have, but how do you see the bringing in the native history of this land and bringing in that perspective, but mm. also having it side by side with an understanding of the history of the of this area after it was colonized. Mm. And how do you honor both of those histories? Because I think that there is this, I think when, I think when there is a focus on native people mm. and and I don't have any kind of I don't have any ties to the town before, you know, three years mm -hmm. ago. So, but there is this fear, I think, if people who are very steeped in the, in, in the tradition and the culture of this town post-colonization, mm -hmm. why do you have those two histories coexist side by side in a way that honors both because we wouldn't, we wouldn't be here with either, without either of them. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's an excellent question. I don't think there's an easy answer, honestly. And, uh, we are at the beginning stages of this, so it may be quite a while before we get to a place that they do actually coexist because they clearly don't today. And, you know, it's a really good point to raise. And I think working, um, working to understand better and deeper what those histories are, you know, certainly we hope would help us not repeat the same <laughs> the same injuries um, over and over again. And, you know, I've been trying to really appreciate 
the importance of land and the centrality of land to our native partners. And even the idea of agriculture really has roots in, in oppression and injustices. And so, you know, how we think about even agriculture, I think, uh, deserves our attention. And I'm hopeful that we can do better when we know better, <laughs> right? But it's a long, it'll be a long process and without any easy answers, but we just have to have these conversations so we can learn. Can I ask you, when did you start incorporating these ideas and these practices and yeah. understanding into your own work? Yeah, last year. And, I, you know, around um, the, after George Floyd and or helping to organize the Black Lives Matter rally that we had in town and then um, working on the conversation around the school's logo and mascot and uh you know advocating for a change there quite frankly and then after that after the school committee had voted to uh remove the logo the there was a subsequent conversation in committee to look at uh the name and whether or not we would continue with the word warriors and what does that mean and I had hoped that there would be an opportunity for the arts to have a bigger role in that conversation, but I think we weren't, we weren't equipped well enough to go there. We weren't, we weren't ready. So um, at this point, that conversation I think is being, um, or at least the work that we had done in that committee, and it was valuable to have the conversations, especially because youth were there, people in the school were there, and the community representatives. So having that kind of a team to have the conversations was I found incredibly valuable and there was a wide range of opinions about what to do. So ultimately we weren't going to be able to make a, a recommendation, but the conversation I think and the, the learnings that came out of that are shifting now to a, a, a group, a DEI task force, within the schools to look at different systems, I, I think within the school system, and I'm not involved in that stage of it, so I'm not as clear about what their charter is, um, but I'm hopeful that they can go deeper than we were able to do in three or four meetings. Mm. Absolutely. And so it was about, it just, I'm sorry to, I wanna just also credit the New England Foundation for the Arts had these really, forward thinking and insightful grants around spatial justice. And that was the impetus then to reach out to um, indigenous communities here because a number of them spoke at the school committee meeting around the issue of the mascot in particular. And so that's actually where the spark came to go deeper and actually to have some funding to have those conversations and continue the conversations Again, it's hard work, it's long work, it, and, it, and I think it was super helpful to have, you know, the funding community is starting to shift towards this in a, in a meaningful way. And that's helpful, I think, for convening these 
these conversations and beginning these relationships. I always think it's interesting um, when people like when people awaken mm. in, in any really any variety really, but in, but with racial and social justice, how how did you get to the point? Because I, I think that there's these like various stages of it, and I'm not an expert in those stages, but people react very differently, right? Mm. I mean like even in same households um but how did you become a person who became like then became involved in a rally and then became involved into these conversations because you could have been the other way like what beliefs or or what process did you go through in order to get to that point Hmm. Interesting question. You know, I think women will relate to experiencing injustices ourselves throughout our entire lives. So there is a smidgen of, of understanding from a very personal level, what that, what discrimination feels like. And you can't compare it to somebody who has to live it every day, but you do understand how it impacts each of us. And so I think that's, it's an eye opener. It's a, it's a entry point again. Um, I think in the arts, we also live with and work alongside and, you know, walk with people who, who are different, (laughs) you know, and, in my own experiences, um, the arts was one of only two places in, in my youth where I felt accepted as somebody who felt very different in my community. And at that has, I think, continued to drive my work and wanting to create more opportunities for people who don't feel like they're part of the mainstream, maybe, to find a home. Mm, that's really beautiful. <laughs> and, you know, you said the word youth. Um, a couple of times in the past few minutes, and that word just popped out at me. Mm. What does youth represent, look like? What does that mean to you? Mm. You know, it's interesting. We've been doing this project with a number of high school kids since the winter, and we're actually going to have the unveiling soon, and it'll, it'll be a, a, an installation that will stay in place at the state hospital. But the opportunity to just engage with kids and people who are younger than me and they just have a very different outlook that is so energizing. I, you know, I really enjoy being around them. Again, it's another place of just starting relationships and conversations. And we started out working with a spoken word artist and her ability to initiate conversations with kids, kids, you know, some of them are friends with my kids, but others I had never met before. And I just felt that they were so incredibly brave to be in a room in a place with adults they didn't know and to be able to share and, and be comfortable just elevated me and um, my engagement with them. And so it's been a really special experience and I'm really excited about what they've created. And it was 
a total leap of faith. And I have to <laughs> give a shout out to Medfield Cares About Prevention and the Medfield Outreach um, partners in this because we couldn't tell them what we were doing. And it, it wasn't, and it was because we didn't know, right? It wasn't like it was a secret. It was, we wanted the youth to drive whatever came out of the experience. So we didn't want to come into it with a preconceived notion of we're going to do this art project and you're signing up for X. It was, you're signing up for conversations and we'll see where it goes. And, and for, for those of us, and I put myself in this category, who are project managers and who like to have a goal and like to have your checklist, you know, like to move through a process, um, it was a very different experience. But the arts are like that. You, you trust a process. You, you know, it's not about drawing a horse that looks like a horse. It's about the experience you have in whatever, you know, wherever you're trying to get to. Um, and this was just a complete, you know, just a beautiful manifestation of that. So I hope that it's a, it's a, something that we can continue um, in subsequent years. The other experience that I draw on when I talk about youth is one of my, one of my first jobs in the arts in Newton. I had a very strong after-school program and summer, summer camp program with, with kids of all ages. Um, and I just learned so much from them. And part of it is seeing somebody experience a connection because they were able to express themselves, however that is. And this was a visual arts center. So it was primarily through their artwork. But to be able to see them, see a connection they made in real life because of something they, they created was incredibly powerful and finding that agency and that voice, um, you know, that still, that continues to drive me. And, and it's true for adults too, but, but my earlier experiences were around kids and, and, and finding their voice. And so I just want that for this community and this region. Mm. I, you know, what comes to mind is, you know, youth has its own culture. I mean, I think that's actually a term youth culture. And to bring that into the fold is important, not only for the acknowledgement of the youth, but it's also going to be the future culture. I mean, they're shaping what our world's going to be like. And, and allowing them to express that, not, in, not for us to impose that, but to see that come from them. I mean, one of the conversations we've had was to ask them, you know, where do you get to do this in your life? And they said, we don't. And that's really telling, you know, they feel more talked over than they do listened to. And, and again, it goes back to that agency and um, giving them the power and just finding a way to help navigate whatever it is they were interested in creating um, has been just a, again, just a really beautiful experience. That is really beautiful. I have so many, I, so many thoughts swirling in my head. I, I can share some, like, I can share that similar experience where, where that was, I mean, I was involved in music and theater growing up. Um, mm. And that really was where I could self-express. I hadn't really thought of it 
like that, but that the exploration of who I was didn't happen at home. It happened right. at school and my after school activities and and I, and I did all the things. <laughs> uh, and so that allowed me to just kind of have a taste of it. But but I think, if, you know, in in certain districts where they don't have that funding and that opportunity for, for kids mm -hmm. to explore, they find other ways of self-expressing that mm -hmm. are maybe more harmful or mm -hmm. not as growth oriented. Yep. Um, and so I think that's just really beautiful that the, that you're doing that work and that this is also this cultural center that you're building. I just realized I'm like, that's the village, right? The, yeah. We talk about that, right? Like we talk about like moms needing a village, but like everyone needs that. And, and, and just as moms and, and parents can't be the end all be all for kids, mm -hmm. like they also need their own village of relationships and connection and learning through many eyes and angles and and having those conversations and this center will provide that interaction that will allow them to explore and self-express in a safe environment and do all that you're so right lisa uh, uh, on this village concept and that's that's beautiful too and i you know i i've seen that happen in the youth group at my church Again, it goes back to these relationships, right, which is the basis of a village and having adults in a community besides your parents for our youth that they feel comfortable, confident, safe with um, is, I, I think, hugely important. And there's a lot of ways to do it. But I think the arts, to your point around finding the place where you 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 learn about yourself and you you grow personally um you know the arts are a non-competitive way to do that <laughs> and that's you know that's another important element of what the arts can bring to the table you said before that with art it's about trusting the process mm. and that open-ended process is not something that i don't like youth or adults really have we're always as as adults we kind of pass this idea on to kids um even the ones who try not to i think it's still just in the culture of like getting things done doing it a certain way and having it be like the only chance mm. that you can do it right mm -hmm. whereas i think about my daughter when she does art i mean <laughs> I try not to, but like, I didn't, you know, I didn't grow up with a lot and, and she, she's kind of like this, this, this little like engine and she's like, you know, just tearing up paper and like, and it, you know, there's watercolor. And then she like goes over this beautiful painting that she did with something else that like, I think destroys it. <laughs> but, but it, it is this like this trust of the process that I think we can all we can bring into a lot of other elements of our lives. But that was really beautiful um, when you described art being like that. And that's a you know, that's to your point. Sometimes we have to unlearn these things, you know, and the arts are a great way to to do that. And it's about experimentation. And that's another place that, you know, it's another process that's harder to come by sometimes. Um, 
in time constraints and, you know, overbook when you, I, I was, you made my heart sing when you said you, you're up till three in the morning being creative because you, you have to, I mean, I understand the drive. You can get lost in that process for hours and be completely elevated and energized at three in the morning <laughs> because, because that's what the, the, the process and being creative does. It's so inherent in, you know, as a human need, it's part of our condition. And I think people let go of that way too early in life. Oh. Right. Yeah. <laughs> or they have it kind of drilled out of them. Exactly. Which is really the sad part about it. And I, I think about, you know, I, I talk about often, like when I hear people say that I'm not creative. Yeah. It like just breaks my heart because that means at some point, probably an adult and probably like a teacher or someone like that told them that they weren't or a parent even that they weren't. And it, and then, you know, you're talking to someone who's like 40, 50, 60 years old. And when they still have that thought, mm -hmm. like, wow, mm -hmm. you, you know, at some point someone had the opportunity to either embrace the way that you create or to take it away from you, mm -hmm. you know, and, and I think that you're offering people that process to, you're bringing it back to them. I hope so. <laughs> and I hope they're, you know, that, that people are, are open to that. And I think that's part of this bigger vision, again, that there's so many ways to be creative, that it isn't only about a drawing or excelling in music. It's, it's about gardening. It's about life. It's about food. It's, you know, all these different aspects together. I think it, it's part of what makes it so dynamic and really exciting to me. Uh, and, and just so being able to open people's minds about that and, and hopefully create entry points again, um, you know, would be, it, it's certainly a goal. Mm -hmm. Before we started, um, I'm jumping now because I realized I wanted to ask you something. Before we started, you kind of made a mention that you don't consume too much media, um, which I, I am only assuming, but, um, but it brought me to the idea of social media and how we live in a small town. I mean, it's definitely smaller than the town I grew up in and people know each other, right? There's mm -hmm. this, there's this recognition of people on the streets, but then there's, you know, we're talking about community and in collaboration. And then there's this whole other side of, of our town. And I think of, of a lot of places and a lot of people too, right? There's this other side of it where there's this, this building of relationships on social media. I mean, especially with the pandemic, Mm. there's a lot of people in town that I've never that I'm friends with on social media and I've actually had conversations with that I've never met in real life mm. and you know I hope to at some point but how do you see that in the fold of what it is that you're doing because you're doing something that's very like tangible and and you can you can like touch it and hear it tangible. and feel it yeah yeah palpable, exactly yeah, it, it's an interesting question because I think things have been so 
turned around, <laughs> you know, by necessity. Um, and there's, you know, there's an upside and, and a downside, right? Like, just as an example of the holiday stroll last year, which we had to do completely virtually and with great thanks to Medfield TV. It's the only way it happened, but we did a bunch of artists interviews and kind of, it was kind of like the, the behind the scenes, if you will. And even though they were edited down to just three minutes, the response was really powerful that people appreciated that they felt that that was a much more intimate experience quite frankly because they got to witness or listen to a conversation that they can't do at the event itself mm -hmm. um and i i was really taken aback by that that there was this real positive so we're going to continue to do it in a smaller scale um, because we because people told us that was valuable to them but and it was interesting i was on a webinar yesterday around virtual reality augmented reality this whole idea of virtual space and experiences and you know expanding audiences beyond those who can physically attend an event and and was kind of blown away by it because i'm working so hard to create in-person <laughs> live experiences that i'm i'm curious but uh you know i don't know if it's just lack of experience in that in that realm um to really understand what it could could do so i've had a taste of it i'm really curious about it but i'm really committed to to the in-person you know live experience so uh all of that to say is i don't know where it's going <laughs> <laughs> i know what i want to see <laughs> and what i want to experience but i'm certainly open to you know figuring out what how we might augment and how we kind of meld these two opportunities if you will and just to your point around being in a small town i mean i my husband and i were in brighton for 15 years before we came here and i had grown up in needham another you know community that was much bigger than than medfield is and i have just loved feeling like not just feeling like but actually knowing people and i think it you know, it, it, it starts with kids and dogs, right? <laughs> As sort of these natural points where you start bonding with people over, mm -hmm. over something shared, like you can in the arts. Uh, but, you know, in a small town, you can actually get things done and um, know how to do that and build relationships where people really encourage you and push you and help you. And, um you know, my kids ask, quite frankly, are you going to stick around, mom? You know, like they're they're looking at colleges, you know, on the other side of the country um, and elsewhere because I think they need to spread their wings after growing up in a small town. But I think and hope they're going to look back and value the community that was here around them, that they knew people. You know, you always, well, we, people who have kids who are a little older, um, you know, we tell our kids, you gotta, you gotta behave in town because there's always somebody who knows you around you. <laughs> and, uh, you know, they have found that's true at Starbucks or, you know, wherever they are, there's somebody waving at them because, <laughs> you know, it's a small town where people know each other. And that's, I, I've just really come to enjoy that.
Mm. I hadn't thought about that, about your, about telling the, what my kids are too young to be walking off on their own, but to be <laughs> on your guard, there's a village out there. <laughs> there's a village looking at you and, and lifting right. you and watching you and helping yeah. you. <laughs> you know, that is definitely an unintended benefit of mm. having moved here is that, you know, if, because I was in Boston before this and I would never, I never even tried having conversations with local folks around anything, really. <laughs> um, you know, any of the organizing or the community building. And it was easier to kind of be anonymous. And then, it, and then, like I said, I've only been here for three years and you know, a year and a half of it's been in, in quarantine almost. Um, but a few weeks ago at Midfield Day, I was there with my two older kids and we were there only for a short time because we were working on stuff at the house. I was only able to go there in the last half hour. And so I went there and I went to the Medfield Together booth and then I kind of walked around and I found myself talking to a lot of people. Like I had recognized a lot of people and my daughter's like, mommy, come on. Like, why are you talking to a thousand people? <laughs> she was very, very angry. <laughs> but I'm like, oh, you have no idea. I'm just getting started. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> because it is, it, you, there is this ability to be involved and, and maybe it was, and maybe that it's available in a city as well. It's just that it's harder to find. Yeah. yeah. It's easier to be anonymous. In a city. Yeah. Yes. And I'll tell you a, a short anecdote. Um, at a holiday stroll a couple of years ago, <clears throat> the artists commented on the community because they come from all over. Mm. Um, and some are out of state, you know. Uh, uh, and they said, this is a really special event. And it's the community. She's, and what they said to me was, People know each other here. They're, they're hugging. They're happy to see each other. They're engaged in conversations in my booth. And, you know, it's like, and I didn't realize or, or appreciate how different that is. But artists who are coming here from other places saw it, commented on it, experienced it like that. That just was, um, it was just a kind of a poignant moment for me to, to, step back and just appreciate what we have here. Yeah. And I think that's important to, to note that it, it's available wherever you are. It's, mm. Sometimes it takes a little more effort. Mm -hmm. And then sometimes it's already built in because I think about my neighborhood and, and we have, I mean, I kind of walked into a culture that it, within, you know, within the broader town, but I walked into a culture within the neighborhood where there were already kind of traditions happening where sure. you know, it was, uh, and, and I was very lucky to have done that. It, it would be definitely a lot harder, but at some point someone started these traditions. Yeah. And, it's, and so if someone's called to, there should be nothing that deters them because it's possible because people are always looking for connection, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. We've had those, those two and we've been here 17 years, but the Easter egg hunt or, you know, the, the kickoff of the first Patriots game as an outdoor, you know, cookout or a Halloween get together. It's, um, you know, all those opportunities, again, goes back to the relationships and how yeah. important those are. And I think that 
prior to moving here, I would have been like, oh, you know, those are just kind of nice to have. Oh. Um, but then kind of going, kind of circling back to your superficial entry points, right? I mean, this, but that, those shared experience, I mean, relationships are, are based on experiences. And so if we can, if we are in physical community with other people and particularly in a neighborhood or with neighbors, even in a city, to be able to share experiences with them, yeah. build out kind of that, I don't want to say network, I always think that has such a little name, like, <laughs> but that, that weaving of it, yeah. right? Well, it's, it's so true. And I even think now in our evolution of 17 years, I mean, those, those really, um, you know, those relationships grew out of that. And it was a fo always often a focus around our, our kids. But, you know, in our neighborhood, there's moms that work. There was moms that didn't work. There was moms that were here part time. There was there was always somebody around that you could rely on for some help. And asking for help is really hard, quite frankly, right? And and so to be able to, on a hyper-local, you know, way to have, to build in that village has been awesome because by the time the kids get to like middle school, they don't watch at the bus stop anymore. And you don't see those moms every morning, you know, with your coffee and your hair in the ponytail because you haven't had a shower yet, you know, just like... <laughs> But I can still call on them, even though we're not seeing each other every day. And, um, you know, that just, it, again, comes out of reaching out, conversations. And this is, I think, just why I'm so excited for the center, because mm -hmm. there is, I can see, like, an infinite number of opportunities that, of, and connections that can be made over those various experiences and through all the opportunities of exposure mm. art and whether you're observing or participating or supporting right mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. in all those ways so mm -hmm. i am just so happy to have this had this conversation with you and to have you in my village <laughs> and, you know um I wanted to ask kind of one final question that I'm, I'm trying to ask all the guests. Um, but what is one thing, like I talk about truths a lot. Um, mm -hmm. I have a list of them on my website and like kind of just my personal core, deep down in my bones, things that I believe are true. Mm -hmm. What is the truth of yours? Well, I think people won't be surprised if I said that each of us is creative, that each of us has it within us to make a difference. Mm. And yeah, I think it's part of what we hope people experience when the center is built. <laughs> and that's a when. <laughs> so beautiful. Yeah. Well, Jean, thank you again for being here. Um, if folks wanted to reach out to you or learn more about the work that you're doing? Is there a place that they can find you or fi learn more about the center? Well, thanks, Lisa. Yeah. Um, so the Cultural Alliance has a website, which is medfieldculture.org. And there's lots of information there and people can reach me through that website.
you can find me around town really easily. <laughs> and I'm up at the hospital pretty much every day. So I am also, um, you know, I, I am up there walking most days and I'm happy to take people around if they want to have a walk and talk. Mm, beautiful. Thank you again, Jean. Thanks, Lisa. I appreciate this and all of the conversations and, you know, the work that you're doing here around relationship building and community building and village building. I just really appreciate you. I wanted to take a second after this conversation with Jean to reflect a little bit. Um, in the beginning, she she corrected me about the Nipmuc tribe being part of the indigenous population that lived on this land pre-colonization. And I just wanted to share that, you know, that was kept in and I will be going back in and editing my land acknowledgements um, that I've recorded, you know, in a few episodes before this, but, and then, and then use it also going forward. But I wanted to share that I'm okay being out here and having that mistake shown. Um, and I wanted to call that out because I did feel uncomfortable when she was telling me. And I was thinking that, oh my gosh, I can't believe I did it wrong. I, I thought I did my research. And, but the thing is that there is a constant unlearning and relearning that is happening as we are recognizing the various social and cultural injustices and inequities in our society. And I, I know for sure that I'm not going to get it right all the time. And I also know that I need to do the work while I'm in the process of learning because I'm never going to get to the point where I know everything. And if, and if we are waiting to get to the point where we know everything, we're never going to get there. We're never going to start because we'll never get there. So I wanted to just call out that instance, and I appreciate so many parts of my conversation with Jean, but I really wanted to call that part out because I know that there is hesitation in doing this work. There are times when I, I mean, when I have conversations and when I try to do the work and I, and I want to do it as best as I can, but I need to also kind of know, and I try to keep in the back of my mind that I can't and I will never be perfect in it. And that's not the point of that work. The point is to actually just do it and be human and to acknowledge that we won't necessarily get it right or have it done right all the time. And so I just wanted to encourage you, if you are on any part of that path, to be okay with the discomfort in not knowing and to be okay in, in knowing that there's a possibility someone may pull you aside and gently correct you, which Jean did in the most gentle way. Um, and that those are opportunities to learn and opportunities to grow. And so thank you for 
tuning into this conversation with Jean, I am beyond excited that she's in my local community that where I can actually physically be in space with her because I do think as beautiful as virtual connections are and as, as amazing it is that you can listen to me um, from wherever you are, that we have the opportunity to meet people in our local communities who are like-minded, who are working towards change and who we can support and be supportive of each other. So thanks again for listening and I'll see you in the next episode. Thank you for tuning in today. A great big thank you to Medfield TV for their support and editing this episode. Living an inspired life is a worthy endeavor. Don't let anyone tell you otherwise. Be sure to subscribe in your preferred podcast player for future real conversations. And if any part of this episode made you think of a friend, let them know that they aren't alone in their journey and share all the things with them. If you'd like to stay in touch, hop on over to lisaforreal.com and sign up for my daily blogs. Or find me on Instagram at Reclaiming Motherhood. See you next time.